Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friend, you know, before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to say that I'm proud of you. That might sound a little weird. Maybe we've never met in person, but you could be doing a whole lot of things with your time right now. You could be watching TV, surfing Facebook, browsing Instagram, and maybe you're doing some of those things while listening to me. I I don't know. But what I do know is that you're being intentional to be encouraged as a mother to learn about what goes into a strong family, to learn about how to be the best mom that you can be. And that is something to be proud of, to be excellent at what God has called you to do. So I just wanted to say that, that I'm proud of you. And I thank you for entrusting me with your time today. And I am really excited about today's episode. We're having a part two chat with Crystal Evans Hurst. We talked with her in the last episode about her fitness journey. And today we're talking about building a strong family and some of the core elements of that. When I first met her, I really had no idea who she was or about her family. We were just sitting chatting over dinner. And then she'd mentioned different family members, and some of them, you know, rang a bell. And she's part of a really amazing family. Her father, Tony Evans, and his wife, Lois, lead a church in Dallas that's um, just been a thriving church for many years. He's the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys. Her sister, Priscilla, uh, speaks on the Women of Faith tour. She's a New York Times bestselling author, all this stuff. Her brother, Anthony Evans Jr., was on The Voice, has CDs out and is a, has collaborated with people like Kirk Franklin. And then her other brother, Jonathan, was in the NFL. And, and he ministers and speaks as well. So just not just a powerful family of people who have accomplished all these things, but even more than that, and, and the things that I gathered from her in my course of speaking with her before I even knew who she was or, or who her family was, um, was just that they just have a really close family. And they're very intentional about the time that they spend together and very intentional about their relationship as a family. And that really struck me. And I wanted to dive into that a little bit today, partly just because I was nosy, but I really think it's going to encourage you as well today and maybe even lift a little bit of a burden off of you because a lot of what we talk about goes against what we hear about online often today. So I'm excited to chat about that today. I did want to mention two things real quick. One, I'm hosting a live webinar on Wednesday, March the 20, what would that be, 26th? (laughs) And you can go to, and and this is a live webinar for my other website, my blogging website. It's called howtheyblog.com. And you can go to howtheyblog.com forward slash webinar to sign up for that. So I'd love to have you there. It's my first live webinar. So I'm a little nervous, but excited, and I'd love to have you there if you're interested at all in blogging. We're going to talk about the power of planning when it comes to blogging and how it can really take your blog to the next level. 
So again, you can go to howtheyblog.com forward slash webinar to find out about that. Then I also just wanted to say thank you. I haven't said thank you to you guys in a while for the reviews that you guys are leaving on iTunes, and I really appreciate it. It encourages me. Again, this podcast medium isn't as relational as regular blogging is, so seeing those comments and those reviews really encouraged me, and, and I can see what's connecting with you and what's mattering to you guys. So I wanted to say thank you to Liz in China. China. How cool is that? So Liz in China, I want to say thanks to Casey Pratt, Melissa Q, Julie JBC, Mom Admid Michigan, I'm guessing that is, and T-H-H-R-T-H-H-Y-R-B-J-I, and Diana at My Humble Kitchen, and Kelly Mack, and Sugar Sugs. I thought that would have, was a fun one to say. And Tough Wave Sum. I would love to hear the stories behind some of these people's names. It's just so curious to me. Anyway, thank you for doing that. It helps the podcast to get out to more people. It helps uh, more people to be encouraged. And it also helps um, people who want to share their story come and find me. Because I don't always know about everybody out there, obviously, that has a great story to share. And I've been able to get a a few great interviews because of the reviews specifically that you guys are leaving on iTunes because they find the podcast and then they get in touch with me and then I have the opportunity to share their story with you. So so thank you for doing that. It helps me and obviously it's it's helping you guys as well. So we're going to jump into the interview with Crystal today. You're going to love it. She just speaks wisdom and you're just you're just going to love it. So stick around. Here we go. Hey Crystal, how are you? Doing great, Kat. And you? I am doing very well. It was spring break here last week, which, was it spring break for you? Oh, well, Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, well, you, you homeschool, so that's a little bit different. Yeah, so there's a spring break that my kids hear about but never fully get <laughs> because if I don't give them some work to do, then they're more work for me, so worksheets <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, I realized that I, spring break is great in theory for me as a mom. But in reality, as a blogger and a podcaster, I, I need to figure out that whole get things done before spring break so spring break can actually be a break instead of spring break being like spring double duty, <laughs> <laughs> which it's kind of come down to. And so my kids end up watching a little bit more TV than I'd ideally like over, That's all right. they over the break. Do they your kids watch TV? They do watch TV. They have to earn it, but they but they can watch TV, yes. How do they earn it? Um, by doing their chores, by doing things with a good attitude, by doing things in a timely fashion. And do you pay them cold hard cash for doing those things, or do you have a chart somewhere? How does that work? I well, in theory, <laughs> I I have this great um, tool called Accountable Kids, where there are pictures of all of their chores and responsibilities that they're supposed to do. And they earn tickets for um, completing those things. However, we can't find some of those tour cards right now. And sometimes I forget to award the tickets. So I'm not really the consistent mom with the accountable <laughs> system. <laughs> but I still expect them to do what they're supposed to do. So right now it's kind of honor. You know, when mommy says you can kind of deal. Got it. Got it. We have a, I'm not, I've tried those things, th those, those great sounding things that are tangible, you know, like chore cards and things like that. But I've. I am not so great at keeping things in their place yeah. or, or making a place for things. And <laughs> and then if they stay there too long and I don't interact with them, they just become part of the background. Yep. Um, so I have had all sorts of systems, but I have recently used an app called ChorePad. 
Yeah. And uh, I I think my kids like it because every time they do something, for however many stars I assign to that task, it makes a little noise. Here, I'll actually I'll actually open it on my iPad so you can hear the noise because my kids <laughs> even turn the volume up. If it, if my iPad is on mute, they'll turn the volume up just so that they can hear the little noise for them doing their task. So let me let me try one here. We'll say that my son did his God time this morning, and this is the sound he would get. Isn't that rewarding? That is rewarding. I'm so excited about that. And <laughs> my kids would much would so much rather play with the iPad for their chores than turn a dumb ticket over. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to check that out. My son will wake up in the morning and he will sit down and read his Bible out loud for ten minutes because he has two items on his list. One is to have his God time, and the other one is to read out loud for ten minutes. So he has learned the art of knocking. <laughs> two birds out with one stone Smart kid. Smart kid. and then he'll randomly grab a paper towel and he'll dust quote unquote the entire living room all because he just wants to check things off <laughs> so that he can then you know use so one the of the key. rewards the key is for them to be motivated true you have to true. remind them then it's not it's not any fun they they you want to build in that intrinsic personal internal reward true <laughs> Yeah. And it's been an amazing side effect of it is that my kids don't watch nearly as much TV as they used to. It used to be that they would get home from school and they would watch, you know, uh, you know, an hour of TV after school, just chilling and relaxing. And now that they have to pay for it, even though they have plenty of points to pay for it. They don't want to. And so I'll hear them bartering. They'll be like, okay, I'll pay for 10 minutes of this show if you'll pay for 10 minutes. And then he can pay for 10 minutes. And then we can watch one show because nobody wants to spend their points on, yeah, on cost anything. Them something. Uh-huh. It cost them something. And then they, I mean, my thing is, is screen time at all. And the reason why my kids don't watch much TV is because if they have to choose between time on the Wii mm. or time in front of the computer playing computer games or TV, they hardly ever choose computer. I mean, choose the TV. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like you're saying, when, when it's their choice and that choice, there's a cost and a value associated with it, they choose differently. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So true. And I had no idea that that was going to happen. <laughs> so it's a lovely, a lovely byproduct of it. Um, so Crystal, why don't you tell me a little bit about your immediate family? And then I want you to tell me about the family that you grew up in, your, your parents. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that made it sound all mysterious. <laughs> um, my husband and I have five children. Jesse and I have five children. The oldest is 22. She's on her way to graduating from college and then a month later walking down the aisle. Um, I have an 18-year-old who's about to graduate from high school. Um, and then we have three boys, 10, 9, and 5. So I've got college and kindergarten, uh, kindergarten happening at the same time. Wow. So it's a lot going on. Yeah, that's that's a lot going on. Uh, tell me a little bit about the family that you grew up in. Well, my uh, parents um, have been married for, I think, let me see, how old am I? I'm 41. So they've been married for almost 44 years. And there are four of us, um, two girls, two boys. I'm the oldest. Then comes my sister Priscilla and then Anthony and then um, Jonathan. So we we're stacked. Two girls on the top, two boys on the bottom. So all of you are grown now, and 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 many of you have kids of your own, and you guys are raising your kids in an amazing and godly way. I want to know what elements of your upbringing led to all of you following God and and having amazing families. Well, 
you know, there's so many things my parents did right, you know, and I, um, and it doesn't mean perfection. And so I'm always hesitant, a little hesitant sometimes to talk about all the good things because, you know, you don't want people to think that if their good stuff doesn't look like this good stuff, that all is lost, you know, or especially if um, someone's coming from a family where they didn't see what I had the opportunity to see. So there, it doesn't mean perfection. It just means um, that, you know, you do some things well, and then God's grace really does cover um, where, where, you know, where we're human and where we make mistakes. But my um, parents were diligent about a few things consistently that we have strong memories of. One is we spent time around the dinner table. My mom was real faithful to cook dinner and it was not fancy. Uh, my mom is an excellent homemaker, but she was not, um, you know, cooking it up in the kitchen every night with exotic dishes. It was just one of our favorite dishes was goulash and goulash meant whatever leftovers were in the fridge and she would put cheese on top of it. And we thought it was delicious, <laughs> you know, but that was her probably st- most stressful night of just trying to throw something on the table. But we sat down and over dinner, we had great conversation. We laughed a lot. We played. My dad would do devotions. We, we, um, I mean, we just spent time together and we kind of could count on that time. And that was um, an opportunity for my dad um, to spend time with us, each individually hearing about our day and to make that connection. So I knew when my brother got in trouble at school, you know, they knew when I was making plans for college because there were constant family conversations happening. And I'll be honest and say that is something that I am working towards doing better Um, with little kids. um, it's really easy to just put some chicken nuggets and, you know, broccoli on the table and then go to cleaning up the dishes, you know, and sometimes I have to make myself sit down or, you know, my husband may be tired and, you know, just to ask him to kind of come out and sit with us for a little bit. But there is a high value in that. And I'm working really hard to to replicate that in my in my home. Um, I would say in addition to that, um, my parents modeled, uh, they were good examples of seeking after God for themselves. In other words, I know what it looks like. I know what it looks like to hear my mom talking to God in the kitchen while she's cooking dinner. I know what it's like to um, see my dad studying the Bible. I know what it's like to have him explain to me, based on scripture, the pitfalls that I need to look out for in my young adult life. And I mean, they just themselves were were the same. They 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 didn't have one presentation or face in important places like church or around other people and then turn into completely different people when we were at home. So there was this consistency about them, um, their integrity and their faithfulness and their personal walks with God. And then um, lastly, I would just say we, apart from the dinner table, my parents were very strategic about having time together. We took a vacation every year. We drove to the same place most of the time. It was to see my grandparents in Baltimore. And to this day, when I took my kids um, to see my great my grandparents, their great grandparents, we took the same route. We stopped in the same town, stayed at the same hotel. I mean, it, those memories are solidified, you know, in in my head. And a lot of our best memories and funniest family videos came from that road trip that we took every year. And so, a lot of times, I think as parents. We're always trying to construct these exciting new opportunities for our families. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what we need to realize is that what we do consistently is what is most etched in our children's memories. Um, and and by that we shouldn't, we need to release ourselves from the stress 
of trying to outdo what we did last year, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. what's important is not that we are constantly beating our own standard. What's important is that our children are consistently aware of our love for them and our desire to spend our time with them, you know, whatever whatever that looks like. So my parents, both in a regular everyday way and in a special way once a year, and then on a consistent basis with their own faith, just modeled um, their personal relationship with Christ. And then they showed us by their actions that they liked us and wanted to be around us. And I think all of that kind of worked together for us to want to continue to be around each other. We still, to this day, we're together two or three times a month. I mean, just hanging out for no reason, you know? Um, And in addition to that, I want the same thing for my family. So Mm -hmm. when my kids roll their eyes, you know, the younger ones could care less about what we're doing and the older ones are like, I'd rather be on my phone or on my, you know, with my friends. I don't listen to them because I know that when I was a teenager and had a bad attitude about having to go on the family vacation, and I know when, um, you know, when I was little and thought this stuff was dumb, that now those are the most precious memories that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and there were some years where, I mean, I did enjoy it. I don't want to sound want to sound like every year I didn't want to do it, but I'm just saying there are seasons with your kids. And you just kind of have to be the parent and say, this is the environment that I'm going to provide for my family and um, I know that it'll pay off later. And you just kind of do it in faith. It's easy for me to do it in faith because I've seen it and I know and I've been through it. So I can kind of ignore my kids when they're give, not necessarily giving me the feedback that I would prefer. Um, but even if you don't have that example, I think to know that the you know to know that God loves you and wants to spend time with you. That's that's the only model that you need. And so you take that same picture of a loving, godly father who is saying he wants to spend time with you and you turn around and do that with your children and you do it to the best of your ability. That so is, I hope that's my long answer to your short question. No, that's <laughs> so good. So good. And I think especially in this digital age, you know, uh, today when we're recording, this is actually St. Patrick's Day. And I know on Instagram, I would see all these pictures of people doing things for St. Patrick's Day. And I'm just going to be honest, I'm not a huge celebrator. So it didn't even occur to me to do something for St. Patrick's Day other than, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day. And so to see all, you know, people doing, dressing things up, decorating their house, making fun breakfasts didn't even cross my mind. No, let me tell you what did cross my mind. I walked out and my son said, is it St. Patrick's Day? And I said, it sure is. And I pinched him. Now, how celebratory (laughs) is that? I didn't prepare him. I didn't give him anything green to wear. And then I wouldn't let him pinch me back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm at a disadvantage because my kid's school uniform has green in it. So (laughs) if anybody's going to get pinched today, it's me. But just in this this age when we see all of the best of what everybody else does, it's so easy to get caught up into that and thinking that we that that being a great mom is making this fantastic, amazing cake for their birthday party or or you know doing something extremely and amazingly creative. But really, you're so right when you talk about consistency being the foundation of it. my grandparents. Um, they were relatively well off and they had condos on the beach and they had sailboats and we they would take us sailing and go RVing and do all of these fancy things. But the thing that I remember most about my grandmother was her sitting and she'd always be eating a banana. I don't know why I always remember that, but whenever she read, she would always be eating a banana and she would read the Chronicles of Narnia to us. And I just remember sitting and I remember what the chair looked like and everything. And and that's one of my... deepest and strongest, I guess, memories of my grandmother and one that that makes me feel the most connected to her because 
I mean, it's a long series, and she would she would often read through those books to us with my brother and I sitting with her. And it wasn't any of the big fancy things that they ever did. It was the simple and consistent thing that she would do. Or she would take us garage sailing. Every year she would, um, there was an orphanage in Mexico that she would gather toys for. So she would often go to garage sales and get as many things on their need list that she could from garage sales and stores and, and all sorts of places and, and just provide for this, this one orphanage. And I remember so many early mornings of getting up early and going shopping to get some great deals and then organize every, organizing everything at Christmas time. And it was something really that she was even doing for other kids, but it's something that she did consistently every week of the year and then one big time at Christmas time. And it was that consistency of both of those things that I think made the huge impact on me rather than the one-off things that maybe at the time she thought was the big deal. And it doesn't mean that the one-off things don't count. It's just right. that we give so much more weight to those things than we do to the everyday things. I mean, mm-hmm. my kids think that my mother is Mrs. Claus. Because when I tell you that that house is the most lit house in the neighborhood, I think my mother has three trees. I mean, she believes, I mean, as soon as Thanksgiving is over, anytime you can go to her house, it's going to smell like Christmas. She starts cooking really early and she's singing at the top of her lungs. I mean, it is seriously the North Pole at her house. (laughs) I can't do that. Number one, because I haven't had 40 years to accumulate Mm -hmm. all the funny, great kid Christmas stuff that she has. But you know what? I have a memory of my mom being strong with Christmas. And it's so funny when I look back at the pictures, the tree was, you know, kind of a boring average tree. And, um, you know, the ornaments weren't anything to speak of, but she was Christmas, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And I think what we have to do is figure out what we are passionate about, Mm -hmm. what we as a mom, what we as mothers can wholeheartedly put ourselves into and then that's it. Like we don't have to do be the St. Patrick's Day mom. We don't have to be the mom who can make the designer cupcakes or the mom who can sew the costume. You know, maybe my thing is that I like taking walks outside and enjoying nature. So maybe my thing with my kids is that we they have memories of us enjoying beautiful sunsets, you know, or maybe my memory with my kids is that I read to them or they get a turn to sleep with me in my bed, you know, go to sleep in mommy's bed for their birthday. You know, whatever whatever your thing is, just do that mm-hmm. and and know that your kids will have a gargantuan memory of how they felt when they were experiencing that with you. And your ability to passionately pour yourself into that moment will more greatly affect how they feel than, you know, you making the designer cupcakes. You know, so mm-hmm. we've got to give ourselves permission to be who we are and to know that who we are, who God has created us to be that that's enough, that that's enough mom for our kids, you know? Yeah. As you can hear my kids laughing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and it's the one thing that's really comparison proof because a kid might, you know, you or your kid might think, oh, well, that family got to go to Disneyland twice this year. And when you do big things like that, that comparison can come in. And when that's your, your, your own personal standard for what you're doing for your child, that can, that can breed comparison. But when, you know that what's important to you and what's important to your kid is taking a walk every day. Then that's not something that any, it's just, that's something that's inherent and special to just you and your child. And that's really just, it's comparison proof. When my grandmother would take me back to school shopping, we would always go eat at Denny's and I would get a certain kind of waffle and she would get a certain kind of pancake. And that's not something that 
anything that anybody else could ever do would ever seem more special than that. Yeah. My kids on the first day of school, I take them to Starbucks because my thing is when we start school, nobody else is at Target at the Starbucks. That's <laughs> what we do, you know, or my um, my daughter, I mean, to this day, she talks about every Tuesday night how we would have, there were a couple of single gals. My husband traveled a lot and I'd invite those single gals over. We'd cook up this big meal, always had a you know fun dessert, simple chocolate chip cookies. And we watched American Idol every mm-hmm. Tuesday night. And to this day, she's like, you remember when we used to sit down and watch American Idol? You know, and I'm thinking, you know, I was probably half doing that for me, you know, just to have some friends over. Mm-hmm. But I involved her because she cooked and we cooked together. And that was a memory, mm-hmm. you know? And so I mean, I'm guilty of comparison, comparing myself to other people all the time. I mean, I have to really work hard not to do that. But I think we just have to keep coming back to home base and saying, who am I? Who, how did God create me? And what, based on who he created me to be, can I give my kids and give them well? Mm-hmm. So good. I want to know how you and your brothers and sister got to be so close or what you think the elements were that helped you guys become so close and stay so close? Because you don't just, you don't just happen to see your family, you know, every week or every couple of weeks. You actually live right by your sister. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, you know what? And we, we talk about this all the time, but I mean, you know, I don't remember liking my sister very much when we were growing up. Um, so our closeness has not been like, you know, consistently over the years closeness. It's been cultivated closeness that, sheerly by proximity, you know, just because we were together. And then because my dad and my mom continued to work to keep us together, even, you know, once we went our separate ways and all that, he would call me in college and say, all right, this is what we're doing for vacation. When when can you meet up with us? I know you have to be back at school or in summer school or whatever, but when will your schedule work to join up with us? Because it's important for us to stay together. To this day, uh, every first Sunday, we have a family meal together. Mm -hmm. Um, we, uh, when we celebrate birthdays, for the most part, every kid has, a, on their birthday, we have family over, regardless of what else we may do with their friends. Everybody comes over and we see our family. Um, my my brother, even recently, he's he was living in L.A. and he loves L.A. He actually did not want to move back to Dallas, but he did because he said it was too far from us. So, I mean, it's just, I think that the cultivating of being together, like 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 no magic pill, like making reasons to be together. And mm-hmm. after a while, those shared experiences, the shared memories, um, the shared influences, the shared stories, those are, it's like pieces of a web. And then when you look up, there's this beautiful creation and everybody's attracted to it. But it was strung, you know, one line at a time, one string at a time, one memory at a time. And I think purposefully making those things happen was what my parents did really well. And again, it wasn't anything fantabulous on a regular basis. It was over meals. It was over talent shows. It was over um, memory verses. It was just over basic stuff. I love that. That's very encouraging to know that you guys weren't always close and best friends because my children aren't always close and best friends. And I would love for my kids to be best friends when they grow up and to just love to be together. So I, I, I... I don't have any sisters, so I just have my brother. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic. So it's fun to hear that two sisters that are close now weren't always close growing up. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, it's amazing that she will even talk to me. There was one time (laughs) that I told her she needed to trust me, and we were playing this trust game. And I said, you know, fall back. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I said, how are you going to ever learn to trust me if you can't believe that what I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do? 
And so we had um, a room in the back of the house and it had hardwood floors. And I said, just trust me. And she fell back and I did not catch her. <laughs> and it was purposeful and it was horrible. And I'm <laughs> laughing. I'm so sorry. I mean, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's funny now. It wasn't. <laughs> was How old were you? Mean little kid. I probably was about seven or eight, you know, so she's six, you know, and she just wham, her head just hit the hardwood floor. But, you know, the point is, is that, you know, we have all these funny little memories about how we would get on each other's nerves, but there is no substitute for shared story. Mm. There's, there's no substitute for shared history. Somebody who just knows, I mean, we can look at each other across the room. My brothers too. We just, we just know. And our history is so interconnected that there's a closeness, even if we, you know, don't talk for a while. It's just, it's just there. It's kind of like a good friend that you might have in high school and Y'all keep touch every now and then. You're just friends for life kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the same deal, except it's also tied by, you know, family history. So, um, again, I just think shared story, shared experience and shared memory. You build it one block at a time, but it really builds a strong foundation over time. What are some things that you are doing with your kids to hopefully cultivate that strength in your family? Oh, dragging my teenage girls by tooth and nail to do family stuff. <laughs> I mean, because really, that's that's really what it is. I mean, when they were littler, every summer we called it summer camp at the Hearst house. My daughter, my oldest daughter even had a friend and she spent every summer with us for four summers. I mean, spent the night in the whole nine yards. It just kind of turned into an overnight party that never ended. Um, and we would drive to the country and take them fishing or we would... Um, go bowling and we went skating and we just did all, you know, the day it was a dollar. We did all the cheap stuff, um, you know, took walks around the neighborhood, walked to Sonic for happy hour. I mean, just all these random things. Um, but they enjoyed doing them together. And now that they're a little, you know, the girls are older and plus, you know, we have such a wide gap in ages. I just look at my girls and say, Hey, um, I want the boys to have memories where you're there. And I know that you don't care about their skating party and I know you have your own life, but give me two hours of your time because I don't want their story not to include you, mm. you know, and I'm very purposeful about taking pictures and I'm a wannabe scrapbooker. I have tons, thousands, <laughs> thousands and thousands of pictures on my computer, but I have proof, you know, I have proof that we were together and I try to um, let the boys look at my computer because I want to etch those memories, you know, in their mind. Um, so right now it's, it, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, we, and we've had a last couple challenging years where I've got, you know, had lots of doctor's visits with my husband and kids leaving and coming and, you know, we're blended family and one daughter just came to live with us and the other daughter left and both daughters were not used to sharing a room together. And, you know, that meant a cat fight on a regular basis. I mean, it, you know, it's not necessarily pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that shared story lasts a long time. But it's just a lot of work to lay that brick, you know, and you're doing it in the heat of the summer and those bricks are heavy and the mortar's sticky and you're getting messy and nasty. But when you're done, it's a building that lasts. So I'm, I'm doing my best, you know, and I'm not doing it perfectly, but um, I'm doing my best to hopefully do for my kids what my parents did for us. And that was to say, you belong. You belong. We like you and you belong. That's so good. Maybe for those listening, a good word just to take away from that is that all I know that you're probably tired and you don't have a lot of energy and you want to do all these amazing things with your kids. But with whatever energy that you have, focus on building something that lasts and not necessarily just something that looks pretty. 
and spending that time being consistent and and making them feel loved. Um, I, I and I just I feel like everything that you're saying kind of goes against everything I see about motherhood online right now. Um, <laughs> as far as just all the big and and fancy and complicated things and and how to be a great mom, and it really just comes down to being consistent and and not even really necessarily doing anything special, but letting that one special thing be the consistency of being there and being with our kids. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And if it stresses you out, you probably shouldn't be doing it, mm-hmm. you know, or, or attempting to do it. I mean, there's, cause there's so many things, whether it's, you know, if you're not the mom to read to your kids, fine, get a pillow and a blanket, get a book on tape from the library and just sit in the room or lay on the floor with your kids while y'all all listen. You know what I mean? So take yeah. whatever shortcuts are necessary. If you're not a whiz in the kitchen, don't stress out about making every meal a beautiful thing. And I'm not saying that putting time and effort into presentation, you know, doesn't matter. I'm saying mm-hmm. if it's not your thing, yeah, don't stress out about it. Um, your children will remember that they were loved and that their tummies were full. That That's what they will remember. Absolutely. Um, there may be one or two dishes that they ask you to make them, you know, later on in life. But other than that, they're not going to remember the, most of what you did. <laughs> and, and I will say that I'm not the greatest read out loud mom. Um, for some reason, they would always want to read out loud or I always want to read out loud to them in the afternoon when I was tired. And so there were times that I fell asleep and I remember saying some really weird things that theoretically I was reading the book, but really I was nodding off. And so I was saying something between what was on the page and something between what was happening in the dream that I was about to dive into. And so I just learned that reading out loud to my kids wasn't wasn't necessarily my thing. So we do listen to books on tape a lot. And my kids love that. When we go on car trips, they get excited yeah. because of what books we're going to listen to. Or during long summer days, we sit and we listen to Adventures in Odyssey or, yeah. or um, the story of the world and all kinds of things. And But just sitting together and being together and we'll sit and color or or just sit and cuddle. And, yeah. and that's what they remember. And, you know, every year we... Uh, quote unquote, have a camp out under the Christmas tree. Obviously, it's not really under the Christmas tree because that's not very much space. Um, <laughs> but we call it a camp out under the Christmas tree. And my memories of it are that are me, you know, putting the beds out for the kids. We'll watch a movie, eat popcorn. And then at the very end, they're always really excited and just keep talking. And I'm saying, okay, kids, really, you need to go to sleep now. Kids, we need to go to sleep. Okay, if you talk one more time, you're going to have to go sleep in your room and just get it kind of testy there at the end of it. And that's my memory of it. But every single year, my kids get so excited about that because it's a tradition. Yeah. And they don't have no memory. I'm like, Are you, you, you love that? Do you remember what happened last year? Do you remember <laughs> how it was towards the end and how, how it went? And they're like, yeah, it was fun, Mom. They, they just have no recollection of that. And so I love... You know, really, just that consistency can cover over a multitude of mama mama sins. Oh, girl, we every year we have this book that we read for Christmas time. I don't know why one year I just don't record my voice. It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> and every year there are nights during the season I'm just too tired to read. And it's designed to be read every day a month before Christmas. And when I tell you that we did not finish reading that book until like February the 6th, you know, they did not care. They were like, mom, light the candle. We have to finish the story. And then every time I read, I give them a piece of chocolate. Like, you know, we Mm. get this big thing of chocolates from Costco and they get a piece of chocolate. 
they're not going to remember when they're 20 that I took too long to finish the story. Mm-hmm. They're just going to remember every Christmas our mom read us this story, you know? And I think we just have to give ourselves a break. And, you know, and, and I'll say this, and it's kind of sad, kind of, but it's true. We stress out over the things that we think are going to send our kids into therapy. And let me just tell all mm-hmm. the moms, including myself, no matter what you do, your kids are going to need therapy. <laughs> and I, you know, and I tell my girls all the time, it may be free therapy that you get from your husband because you're discussing your parents and how they raised you with your husband or the relationship with your mom that you're still working on. It may be free therapy when you're in college with a girlfriend and saying, oh my gosh, my mom is driving me nuts right now. You know, or it may be paid therapy, you know, where you really got to go through and work through some things. But either way, we spend our adult lives working through, analyzing, um, you know, reviewing how we were raised. And because nobody's perfect, every kid is going to need some kind of formal or informal therapy. So just do the best you can and then realize when they're 18, God loves them more than you do. And he's going to keep working on them a lot longer than you can, you Mm -hmm. know, and you just do the best you can and then trust God. That's it. That's all you can do. So good. So good. I think that is the perfect way to end this episode. I um, I know a lot of you moms out there are about to wake your kids up from a nap or about to go to bed after a long day. And I hope that what Crystal has shared has encouraged you that just to stay on the path that you're going, love your kids and be consistent. That it's honestly such a boring word. <laughs> and, and it even seems like a boring idea. I, I don't feel like a lot of pop um, blog posts or Pinterest pins could be made about it that would make it sound fun or exciting. But that's kind of the beauty of it. It's the hard work of it and the effort of it and the love that drives it, um, that gives it its value and its importance in our children's lives. So, Crystal, um, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. It's my privilege and pleasure to to join you, Kat. Yay. Well, I uh, hope we get to see you sometime soon. And I hope you start a podcast sometime because, golly, you're eloquent. <laughs> Girl, I'm taking notes. I'm following all your blogs, getting encouraged as a mom, and then figuring out how to make my blog better. So thank you for paving the way. Awesome. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Yes, you can find me at crystalevanshurst.com. My blog is there and videos are there and a bunch of fun stuff. Okay. And if you're listening, I totally encourage you to head over to her blog, check out her most recent series because it's really (laughs) fun. And if you're listening to this in the future, check out her series from February. Was it February or is it still March? March. It's It's all from March. Okay. Um, All from March and check it out because, and it'll make you smile. Okay. (laughs) Crystal, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Kat. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. 
And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with His grace His grace and sweet new mercy May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in Good day.